0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Neal, for that introduction. Pa- Pastor Sim, what an honor to be with you today and your precious family, your incredible staff. Would you let your pastoral staff know that you love them and appreciate them so very much. We love you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Neil. I wasn't sure what he was going to (laughs) say. You never know what might be said, but thank you, Neil, for restraining yourself. (laughs) Would you let this choir and musicians know that you love them? Wasn't that wonderful? Not just done with excellence, but done with anointing, and we, we honor you. And thank you, Sister Julia, for your incredible ministry. Does anybody here love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your spirit? Hallelujah. What a privilege it is to be back at Bethesda Church of God. I've literally been counting down the days to be back with you today. Thank you for the invitation, Pastor, and uh, the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk and and preach to this wonderful congregation. I count it as a great privilege. Uh, It's always good to be with my lovely wife, Crystal. You've already said hello to her, but I don't get to be with her as often as I'd like to when I'm doing ministry, so it's good to be with her today. If you're hungry for the word of God, say amen. Amen. And if you have your Bible, stand to your feet. If you don't have your Bibles, you can stand as well. I don't know why preachers always say that, but it seems the right thing to say. If you have your Bible, say amen. amen. If you don't have your Bible, say man." But it will be on the screen. Thank you to the media team that works so hard behind the scenes. Matthew chapter 9 is where we'll find our text for a message that I've entitled The Hymn. Everyone say The Hymn and in Matthew chapter 9 verse 18 the Bible says that while Jesus spoke these things to them behold a ruler came and worshipped him in the middle of his grief in the middle of probably the worst day in his life he worshipped him saying my daughter has just died but come and lay your hand on her and she will live so Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Verse 20 says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. Someone say the hem. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well well and the woman was made well from that hour would someone in this place lift up holy hands unto the lord and shall we approach his throne together father in heaven we love you today god With all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with our strength, with our soul, with everything that is within us, God, we love you and we worship you and we honor you and we thank you, God, for your word. And we pray, God, that your word would would not only be spoken, but, God, your word would find a place within our uh, very souls, within our hearts, God, that your word would take us and change us, would move us from where we were to uh, where you're calling us to be. Father, I pray a prayer that says, will you hide me behind the cross and that I might not be seen, but only that Jesus jesus might be seen through me father we thank you for the anointing that's in this room and god your anointing is what breaks yokes of bondage so father one more time we pray god your anointing grip us from the front to the back and i pray that your name would be lifted up in the precious name of jesus we pray all of god's people said amen Amen. shake someone's hand as you're being seated today We read our text from Matthew chapter 9, but not only did Matthew record this interruption in the life of Jesus, but as did Mark and as did Luke, they they recorded this incredible moment in the life of Jesus when the lady with the issue of blood came and approached him. But what the Bible shows us is that Jesus, uh, of all things, is actually teaching on on fasting and teaching on prayer. And as Jesus is teaching on on prayer, uh, on fasting, a ruler approaches him whose daughter has died. I don't know if you've ever had a tragedy in your life. Has anyone ever had a tragedy in your life? but in the middle of the tragedy in this ruler's life he begins to worship Jesus and with faith he says Jesus my daughter has died yet if you will come to where she is she'll be healed and Jesus immediately stops what he was doing though it was important there was something more important that had to be done so Jesus left and moved out to go and minister to this man's family and then he's all the way suddenly bursting upon the scene is this woman a woman whose faith caused her to reach out and lay hold of the tassel that hung below his robe well what I want to share with you today Bethesda is that we can learn so much about faith from this woman somebody say faith yes. somebody shout faith yes. you see Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that faith is the substance of things somebody say it hope for it's the evidence of things not seen i I heard one preacher say that faith is stepping out on nothing and then landing on something when when it doesn't seem like anything is there when it seems like all hope is lost faith says i believe in something that i cannot see You see, nobody told this woman to walk around a city. Nobody told this woman to bathe in a pool. Nobody told this woman to touch his garment. Yet, she was in a place that she needed a miracle from God. And her faith caused her to do something that had been unseen before. She reached out and touched him as he walked by. God knows I wish that we could do that right now. If we've ever needed Jesus to go walking by if we've ever needed to be able to have the ability to reach out and touch him we're living in a place that we need him but we can't physically touch him we can't feel him with our sense of touch but oh if my prayer could be answered right now I would reach out my hand and I would feel his scars I I would love to reach out my hand and just stroke his face. I would love to wrap my arms around him and just embrace him and hold him. But I know what would happen as soon as I grabbed him. I would just melt in his arms and his embrace would have me. He would hold me. I don't know what he would say to me, but I would love to lean in and listen. Oh, the thought of getting a hug from Jesus, it just about, I can't hardly take it. But at this juncture in our lives, we cannot touch him with our hands. Yet we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, can anybody testify that he is here, he is here, he is here. He is here. It is in him that we've placed our hope. It's in him that we've placed our trust. It rests upon the persona of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the son of God. Do we have evidence of his reality even though we have not seen him? What I will say is 1,000 times, yes, we have evidence of his reality because our faith is supernatural. Somebody say supernatural. Relating to an order of an existence beyond the natural, beyond the visible, observable universe. Because the faith is supernatural, that means it goes beyond the natural, and because the natural world cannot understand our faith, they scoff at us. You see, Jesus walked in the natural world, but he operated and worked in the realm of the supernatural. Listen, the world will not understand your devotion to God. It will not understand your commitment to the supernatural. It will scoff at Christians because they cannot understand our faith. Why? Because the world only believes in what their senses can tell them. If they can't touch it, if they can't hear it, if they can't feel it with one of their senses, then it simply is not real. But what we have found, church of God, is that sometimes our senses can lie to us. Amen, amen. See, I want you to see that there is an unseen thing that's happening in the realm of the supernatural. There's an invisible dimension, and though we can't see it, it is very much real. Because with faith, seeing is not believing. Sometimes the natural and the fleshly and the carnal is screaming one thing, yet we know in our heart of hearts through faith we're believing the opposite. That's why 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and not by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by hearing. We walk by faith and not by what we can touch. We walk by faith and not what we can understand. We step out on nothing and we land on something because we are a people of faith. means even when the lion is roaring when the renegade lion is roaring we have learned to ignore the roar and lean into that still small voice of the whisper of God church this woman had already put her trust in the natural and the natural had failed her desperately hopelessly trying to be healed of the hemorrhaging from her womb for 12 years Luke chapter eight verse 43 tells about this same woman and he writes there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years and no one could heal her. Mark chapter five records the same story and says a woman that had been subject to bleeding for 12 years and he goes on to say in verse 26 uh, that she'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had yet instead of growing better she grew worse I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. I don't know if your circumstances or your situation have said, I, I don't know how things could get any worse than they are right now. I don't know how things could get any any harder. I don't know how the night could get any blacker. But then all of a sudden you turn around and it's gotten worse than it was before. The, the Hebrew book called the Talmud, actually, uh, the Jewish rabbi book, it, it, it prescribes 11 different cures for hemorrhaging. She had tried all of them from heavy astringents to, to, to toxic and, and even some poisonous things that she had taken trying to get better, but nothing worth, nothing would help. The superstitions, the strong drinks, she'd worn sackcloth, she had put ashes on her head, she'd been isolated from society for 12 years. But Mark said instead of getting better, she got worse. I don't know if you've ever looked hard at this story before, but Did you know that as she was isolated from everyone, she was not even allowed to go into the temple to worship? Because according to Leviticus chapter 15, she was unclean. Somebody say unclean. She was ceremonially unclean. That means her house was unclean. That meant that if you were going to be holy, you could not even go see her at at her house. Her bed was unclean. Anything she sat on was unclean. Anyone that touched her became unclean. Her clothes were unclean. And and, and in case anybody happened to forget who she was or, or where she was from or the circumstances that she was under, just like a leper everywhere she went, she had to cry out, unclean. I'm not clean. I'm over here. You have to go over there. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. You're over there. I'm going to stay over here because I'm unclean. She was in despair. She was miserable she tried all the physical resources that were available to her the doctors the surgeons the priests they tried everything that she had and the only thing that was left to do somebody help me right now was leave the realm of the natural and step into the realm of the supernatural you see, somehow, even though she was hopeless, when she heard about Jesus, somebody say the name of Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, something sparked in her spirit and she felt the sense of an all-conquering power somehow in the middle of her despair and in the middle of her despondency and in the middle of her depression, she found a belief and the ability that said somebody named Jesus can make me whole again. In the middle of her hopelessness, hope was birthed. And just when she thought her story was over, (laughs) the author and the finisher of our faith took a pen in his hand and said, Honey, I've got a whole new chapter I'm about to write for you. And the ending of your story is going to be different. Yes, you may think your story is over But the author is not done Your author has not completed Don't you give up before he gives up Oh, don't you walk away before he walks away And you know what, he's not going to walk away Because he said, I will never Oh, I will never leave you I will never forsake you hallelujah hallelujah because of her faith in Jesus this woman found some eternal truths that are still true to this day I want to share three of them with you quickly number one I want you to know that she found that his touch is available Hallelujah. Her faith in Jesus allowed her to discover resources that were available. She believed with her heart that what Jesus had was for her, that the resources of healing, that the resources that she needed were hers simply by touching him. Hear me right now. She'd heard about Jesus. Look at somebody and say, she'd heard about Jesus she not only heard about him she heard he was passing by she knew and she believed and she trusted and her reality changed and she said i'm depending on this new reality that jesus could heal me and jesus will heal me yeah i know we're living in a day that the vast majority of believers they know that god can touch them they know and trust that jesus can heal them but they've lost their faith that he will. We, we have no doubt that you can, we just struggle with knowing if you will. We, we know you have the power, we know you have the resources, but I, I'm really wondering right now, or is, is that power for me? We don't doubt you have the ability, we struggle is, are you available and accessible to me? my point today church is simply this his touch is available you see some of us if we're being completely honest some of us struggle with feelings of inferiority when nobody else is around and we take the mask off of us and set it down we struggle with a low class mentality if we're being honest maybe you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth come on somebody Maybe you've never been saluted. Maybe you've never been paraded. Maybe you've never been celebrated. Maybe you don't feel like you're as good as anybody else. But I've stopped by today to say this. You are important to God. I feel a need to remind somebody, you, somebody touch yourself right now. Say, I have been created in the image of the almighty God. And I... important to him somebody give god praise if you believe that hallelujah now maybe you don't feel significant in the eyes of man but in the eyes of god you're important you're worthwhile and you're significant listen this this woman 2000 years ago was not significant enough for any of the disciples to even mention her by name Oh, they knew the name of the of the of the ruler of the synagogue but they didn't record her name in the bible at all why because in their eyes she wasn't important she wasn't royalty she wasn't brilliant she wasn't beautiful she wasn't even wealthy anymore the doctors had separated her from her finances and the fact of the matter is if you really look at it she actually interrupted jesus while he was on his way to do ministry to an important wealthy ruler of the synagogue but lean in and hear me right now even though she seemed to be unimportant and obscure she desired his help (laughs) and her faith caused a change to happen in her circumstances why because her desperate desire mixed with her divine opportunity and in the middle of her problems her miracle happened when your desperation causes you to reach out to God and your desire is combined with your divine opportunity what you have been praying for and what you've been believing for will happen before your eyes Does anybody here believe that today? This woman with a continuous blood flow knew she needed Jesus, and she knew she had faith that he could heal her and would heal her. Two things had to happen. She had to possess a genuine need, and she had to possess a genuine faith. And because she had both of those prerequisites, her miracle happened. Eternal truth about Jesus, number one, his touch is available. If you're ready for number two, say yes. Yes. Number two, his love is unhindered. That means there are no hindrances to his love. I read this morning and I, I wrote it down romans chapter 8 verse 35 maybe you've heard it the bible says this who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter but listen to what he says yet in all these things we are somebody say more more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am persuaded, hallelujah, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. His love is unhindered. And Jesus knows no barrier. Jesus knows no wall. As this woman approached Jesus, nothing would stop him from loving her. There's nothing that you have done. If you're hearing my voice today, There's nothing in your past that you have done that made God say, okay, well, that's it. I'm done loving him. Okay, that's it. I'm done loving her. I'm checked out. I'm done. There's nothing you have done that will make him love you more and nothing you have done that will make him love you less. He loves you while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We don't have to get cleaned up before we come to God. We come to God as we are and trust him to do the cleaning up. Somebody say amen in this place. This woman's need. Only Jesus could help. He loves us and cares for us like nobody else. I love the song that says, no one ever cared for me like Jesus, many barriers had been placed on her life because of her condition. Barriers were the story of her life. She lived with barriers. She understood barriers. She understood how people kept her at arm's length. She understood how she was unclean. She knew that there was the law that separated her and Jesus. Yet she'd heard about his love. She'd heard about his compassion. She'd heard about his touch and under. Penalty of death, she said, I'm going to try one more thing, even though I'm forbidden to touch him. Even under penalty of death, I can't touch him. But the Bible says she got into the press and said, I don't care what happens to me now. I've got to get to Jesus. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. In fact, I don't care what anybody does. I'm tired of thinking about other people. I've got to get to Jesus. And the Bible says she pressed in through every barrier and her perceived condition of uncleanness was not a barrier because his love transcends the barriers and the walls and the boundaries in our life. This interruption of Jesus on his way to heal a dead girl only proves who Jesus really is. There is no rich, no poor He sees no color. He sees no gender. What he sees, he doesn't care if you're male or female or black or white or yellow or brown or a combination of them all. What he cares about is he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him eternal truths about Jesus his touch is available his love is unhindered and lastly I'm closing with this if the musicians will come he's never too busy How many times has busyness in our ministry kept us from the business of the ministry A Standing joke among some preachers is that ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the people Although spoken in jest, it confuses the point that people are the business of the ministry. What I love about your pastor, what I love about your shepherd is how much he cares for the sheep that have been given to him by the chief shepherd. What I love about the under shepherds in this church is how much they care for the people of God. Listen, the people are the business of ministry bethesda why do we exist as a church why are we here what's the purpose for our existence on this planet why are we here is it to make friends is it to make money is it to gain popularity is it to die with all the toys is that why we're here is that why the church is here to shake hands and kiss babies and hug necks and say you're okay and I'm okay and and we're going to make it after all? Or are we here to be a lighthouse to ships that are lost at sea? Are we here to gain influence or are we here to be a lifeline that's thrown to a drowning sinner and say, listen, I was once like you, I was lost, but now I am found? Aren't we called? To be a ladder that's leaned up to a burning building and beseech them listen i have a rescue for you and his name is jesus we are not called to be a museum we are called to be a hospital to those that are sin sick and needing a cure and the cure is only the blood of jesus even at 12 years old jesus had the passion to look at his mother and say I did you not know I had to be about my father's business what is the father's business if not seeking and saving that which is lost it must be about the father's business musicians you can play and help me to close the father's businesses people Bethesda people in need they can't be an interference to the business of our our ministry people in need aren't an interference they are our ministry where else are they to turn people with issues where, where do they go if not to God and how do they get to God if not those that can point the way listen I, I don't misunderstand me I, I'm not talking about handouts to able-bodied people I'm not talking about paying somebody's telephone bill because they're too busy watching television. I'm talking about finding somebody that's in need, somebody like this woman with the issue that had reached the end of their rope and is looking for salvation. What would happen if we showed up and pointed the way to Jesus and not just Pointed to where he is, but put our arms around them and said, Walk with me and follow me as, as I follow Christ, follow me as I bring you to his feet. I'm about closing, but church of the desperate in this city and in this community to the disenfranchised who are looking for the answers to life's questions it's time that we get up out of our pew it's time that we unfold our arms it's time that we open our eyes and open our mouth and open our hearts and take the time to introduce them to jesus not that we're looking to be the hero but that we're looking to show them who is The phone was looking for answers, and she had faith that Jesus was the answer to her problems. Faith that touched the hem of his garment. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Faith that said, if I can only touch the hem, I'll be made whole. But you know the story. When she touched him, Jesus, although they were in the press and all they were walking, when she reached out and touched him, he stopped. And what he said, he said, virtue has come out of me. Who touched me? Who touched me? Who who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean? Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. He said, no, everybody's touching at me. Somebody got a hold everybody's grabbing everybody's pushing everybody's shoving but somebody got a hold of me when they touched me with faith because virtue came out of me i wonder anybody here need a touch from the master's hand Is anybody here that needs virtue we can come to Jesus as we are. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. We've gathered this notion somehow. that Before we come to God, we've got to make things right. Before we come to him, we got to clean ourselves up. All she did was reach out and touch him as she was. The ridiculous notion that some of us have is that before we can approach him, we've got to make ourselves worthy. But Jesus says, come to me as you are. Peter, while he was still a fisherman, Jesus said, follow me. Zacchaeus, while he was still in the tree. (laughs) The woman with the issue of blood didn't wait till she was healed. She came to Jesus as she was. That's why the word said it's not the educated who need a teacher heads are bowed eyes are closed it's not the well who need a doctor whoever you are today wherever you are today whatever circumstance you find yourself in today can I tell you the answer to the questions that you have it's Jesus he is the only one who can change he's the only one who can heal he's the only one who can cleanse he's the only one who can save and wherever you are on your journey today his touch is available and his love for you has no walls, it's unhindered and he's not too busy it was 1841 and Charlotte Elliot wrote a poem it was later turned into a hymn and she just wrote these words that said just as I am without one plea but that your blood was shed for me and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God. Come. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed, but if there's anybody here who needs a touch from Jesus, nobody's looking, but if you need his touch for anything in your life, would you just slip up your hand in this house today? Thank you, Chita, I don't know what touch you need from him but he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or even think if you're here today and you need to experience his love maybe for the first time let me remind you that god demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners christ died for us there is not one person in this room that is perfect the only one that's perfect is jesus if you need him to save you if you need to accept him as your savior he is willing and he is able to save you to pick you up from where you are if you're here today and you there's a sickness in your body and you need healing the miracle worker is here if you need if you need jesus to heal your body would you slip up your hand today all over this house hands are going up if you need a miracle in your home a miracle in your family would you lift up your hand today a miracle in your marriage a miracle with your kids a miracle with your grandchildren a miracle that maybe nobody else even knows about would you slip up your hand because jesus knows and jesus cares if you have a care that's weighing you down would you slip up your hand today nobody is looking and nobody is judging we are all leveled at the foot of the cross. But I encourage you today, we're about to open up this altar and pray. I encourage you to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. If you need a miracle in your finances, would you slip up your hand today? Thank you, Jesus. If you will join me in praying that God would heal our nation, would you slip up your hand today? We need his touch. We need revival. The word says, if my people, my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, will I hear from heaven will heal, forgive their sins and will heal their land. Oh God, we need a healing in this land. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just simply going to say, if you need Jesus, I challenge you to get out of your seat, come down to this altar, and let's spend a few moments in prayer. Maybe some prayer team members can join me in this altar let prayer. Would you come now? If you need Jesus' touch. His touch is available. Would you come worshiping? Come with your hands raised up. Come with believing in your heart. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at bethesdacog.org. God bless.